Praise the Lord today, and this is Pastor Adams, president and founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank God for you tuning into our Truth Matters podcast, and we're just so delighted and honored that you've given us the privilege to share truths surrounding the Word of God, whether we've reached you in Puerto Rico, whether it's in Germany, France, New Zealand, whether you're down in Canada, in South America, Ghana, and so many other different countries and where our podcast is being heard on a daily basis. We're just delighted to be host in attendance of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered to the saints. And we've been in a episode entitled Women Pastors. Is it biblical? And we're going to continue in this particular study today and we're going to summarize it. But before we do, We want to just pause and pray. Father, we thank you again for your loving kindness. We praise you for just your unmerited favor. We give your name praise because you're good to us. You're so kind. You're so marvelous. You're so wonderful in all that you do. God, I lay prostrate before you in my heart. You're great. You're grand. You are the ancients of days. I love you today, God. I give your name glory even now. Thank you, Lord God, for your foreknowledge. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, for your tender kindness. Lord, you just continue to move in this world. You bless men and women everywhere. No matter what the devil is doing and no matter how the tempest rage, we pray now, God, that you will lift up a standard even against every assignment of the devil. We pray now, God, that even as sin does abound, we know that your grace does much more abound. We call upon your name. You've said what manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the children, the sons and the daughters of God. Lord, we thank you today, God. We're so unworthy, God, that we're even accounted as dear children, but you've made us a kingdom of priests. You've made us a royal nation, a a royal priesthood, a holy nation that we should show forth the praises of you who've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We give your name glory today, God, because you are the first, the alpha, the omega. You are the Lord God who spans the eons of time. You are the first uncaused caused. You have life within yourself, God, and we give you glory today. Today. There's nothing that you can't do. Nothing's impossible unto you. We thank you now, God, because you see every prayer. You hear every prayer. You know every thought. There's nothing that's too distant from you. You never show up late. You're always on time. You are our way maker. Lord God, you make a way. Those who are suffering from COVID-19, you make a way. Those, Lord God, who are in the ICU, the doctor has turned his back and he shook his head and he says there's no hope. But God, we know today that if you, God, open the door, no man can close it. If you close the door, no man can open it. It's not settled unless you say it's settled. God, you are he who has power over life and death. We pray today a special blessing upon families today. You men broken hearts. Lord, you send deliverance, Lord God, to those who are being, Lord, swept away in fear and grief. Those who are being dominated by depression and anxiety. Move now in Jesus' name. I thank you today, God. I know that you hear and I know that you answer. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And we are just so thankful today. I, 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 when I pray, I get before God and I, and I just intercede because he's just, he's unending, he's deep. He's an anchor to our souls. We love him today. But we're going to continue in our study and exposition on this topic entitled Women Pastors, Is It Biblical? And we're going to turn to 1 Timothy. And in 1 Timothy, in the second chapter, in the 11th verse, it says something to us so clear. And the Bible says that we are founded upon the word of God. And the Bible says there's no foundation that can be laid other than what has already been laid. And then he said in the book of Galatians, he says, if any man comes and brings any other gospel to you or any other teaching other than what has already been taught, let them be anathema or cursed or left for damnation. And here's one of those texts that falls within the category that is unmovable, that is non-negotiable. Excuse me. And it says in this 11th chapter, it says, in the 10th verse, it says, But which becometh women professing godliness with good works? Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. And the inference is all subjection to God and to man. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence or in subjection to the man. Well, God, what's the reason for that? Why? Why do you have this precedence? Why do you have this order? What is the reason for this rule? And it is because, he says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was the one who was deceived in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, in charity, and in holiness with sobriety. So, Due to the inherent, and I think it's very important as we look at this, this is the most hotly debated issue in the church today. And in spite of the verse that I just read, there are many people today who take issue with women not being able to serve as pastors. And as a result, it is very important to not see this issue as men versus women. There are women who believe women should not serve as pastors and also those who believe that the Bible does place restrictions on the ministry of women. And there are men who believe women can serve as pastors and there are no restrictions on women in ministry. See, this is not an issue of what we call chauvinism or discrimination like we shared in the social discrimination genre. This is simply an issue of biblical interpretation nothing more and nothing less we just read what the bible says in first timothy 2 and 11 in the church god assigns different roles to men and women 
This is a result of the way mankind was created and the way in which sin entered into the world. God, through the Apostle Paul, restricts women from serving in roles or teaching or having spiritual authority over men. I just read it. So this precludes women from serving as pastors over men. It's just that simple. And it also definitely includes preaching to them as well or teaching them publicly or even exercising spiritual authority over men. It's so clear cut. See, there are so many objections to this view of women in pastoral ministry. A common one is that Paul restricts women from teaching because in the first century, women were typically uneducated. However, when you read 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 14, nowhere does it mention an educational status or precursor to the teaching or the principle. In fact, if education were a qualification for ministry, then the majority of Jesus' disciples would have never been qualified. And in spite of what we just read in 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 14, another common objection is that Paul was only restricting the women in Ephesus from teaching men. But in 1 Timothy, it was written to Timothy and the pastor of the church in Ephesus. See, Ephesus was known for its temple to what is called Artemis. And women were the authorities in that branch of paganism. Therefore, the theory goes Paul was only reacting against the female-led customs of the Ephesian idolaters. And the church needed to be a little bit different versus the Ephesian idolaters. However, in the book of 1 Timothy, nowhere does it mention Artemis. Nor does Paul mention the standard practice of Artemis worshippers as a reason for his restrictions. It's called Cut Clear. And there's another third objection. It says that Paul is only referring to husbands and wives, not men and women in general. But we got to understand and remember this. The Greek words for woman and man in 1 Timothy 2 could refer to husbands and wives. However, the basic meaning of the words is broader than just that. I think it's also important that we mention that the same Greek words are used in verses 8 and 10. Are only husbands to lift up holy hands in prayer? Are they the ones that's only supposed to lift them up without anger and disputing in verse 8? Are only wives to dress modestly or have good deeds and worship in God in verses 9 and 10? Of course not. We're getting into the area of the absurd. Verses 8 and 10 clearly refer to all men and women, not just husband and wives. There is nothing in the context that would indicate a narrowing of husbands and wives in verses 11 through 14 in 1 Timothy, the second chapter. Yet there's even another objection that often comes up uh, to this serpentation. It says that women in pastoral ministry in relation to women who held positions of leadership in the Bible, specifically Miriam, they refer to Deborah, and Huldah in the Old Testament. And out here at Truth Matters, we must say this is true. It is true that these women were chosen by God for special service to him and that they stand as models of faith and courage and, yeah, even leadership. However, the authority of women in the Old Testament is not relevant to the issue of pastors in the church. You all know it. We can't take 
instances and types and shadows of the Old Testament and incorporate them and pull them over the continuity between Malachi and to Matthew. You know that we don't have priests today. You know that we don't cut the throats of spotted lambs and we don't do burnt offerings and meal offerings anymore. You know that we don't walk within the what's called the ceremonial laws. We can't bring Old Testament types and shadows into this age of liberty and completion through Christ. Likewise, just as that's true, we cannot bring those Old Testament models into the New Testament. So, if this is true that these women were chosen by God for special service to him, and that they stand as models of faith and courage and and leadership, I think that is true. See, the New Testament epistles present a new paradigm for God's people. It's called the church. That's the new paradigm. It's not the people Israel. It's not his covenant people. It's the church, the body of Christ. It's a new paradigm. And this new paradigm involves an authority structure that's unique to this new paradigm called the church. Not for the nation of Israel, not for any other Old Testament entity, not those who operated as judges. This is a brand new day with brand new principles and brand new instructions. See, similar arguments are made using Priscilla and Phoebe in the New Testament. When you look at Acts 18, Priscilla and Aquila are presented as faithful ministers of Jesus Christ. And many people who say, well, I should be a pastor, even though I'm a woman, and I support women pastors, even though I'm though they're women, they allude to this verse here in Acts 18. Priscilla's name is mentioned first, perhaps indicating that she was more prominent in ministry than her husband. So the question arises, did Priscilla and her husband teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to Apollos? And the answer is yes, they did. But where did they do it? They did it in their home. They explained to him the way of God more adequately or more excellently according to Acts 18 and 26. Does the Bible ever say that Priscilla pastored a church or taught publicly to become the spiritual leader of a congregation of saints? I can't find it. As far as we know, Priscilla was not involved in ministry activity in contradiction to 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 14. When you read Romans 16 and 1, Phoebe is called a deacon or a servant in the church and is highly commended by Paul. But as with Priscilla, there is nothing in Scripture to indicate that Phoebe was a pastor or a teacher of men in the church. Able to teach, apt to teach is given as a qualification for elders, but it's not given for deacons. You can read that in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 13 and Titus 1, 6 through 9. See the structure of 1 Timothy the second chapter of the 11th through the 14th verse which I read makes the reason why women could not be pastors perfectly clear it's found in verse 13 it begins with for giving the cause of Paul's statement in verse 11 and 12 why should women not teach or have authority over men real simple because Adam was created first and Eve was second and Adam was not deceived by the serpent it was the woman who was deceived. God created first and then created Eve to be a helper for Adam. The order of creation has universal application in the family. 
Read Ephesians 5, 22 through 33, and it's also applicable in the church. The fact that evils deceive is also given in 1 Timothy 2, 14 as a reason for women not serving as pastors or having spiritual authority over men. This does not mean that women are gullible or that they are all more easily deceived than men are. If all women were more easily deceived, why would they be allowed to teach children who are also easily deceived? It just doesn't make sense. In the other women who are supposedly more easily deceived, see, the text simply says that women are not to teach men or have spiritual authority over men because Eve was deceived. God has chosen to give men the primary teaching authority in the church. And it is also in perfect correlation and harmony to how he designed the family. See, many women excel in gifts. They have gifts of hospitality and mercy and teaching and evangelism and helping and serving. Much of the ministry of the local church, it does depend on women. Women, there is no indictment. There is no dilution or deflation or importance of your role. Women in the church are not restricted from public praying or prophesying, according to 1 Corinthians 11 and 5. Only from having spiritual teaching authority over men. Real simple. The Bible nowhere restricts women from exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Women, just as men, are called to minister to others, to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, and to proclaim the gospel to the lost. God has ordained that only men are to serve in positions of spiritual teaching authority in the church. This is not because men are necessarily better teachers or because women are inferior or less intelligent, which we definitely know is not the case. It is simply the way God designed the church to function. Men are to set the example in spiritual leadership in their lives through their words. Men are to take a less authoritative role as a result. Women are encouraged to teach other women according to the book of Titus in, uh, in the book of Titus in the second chapter, the third through the fifth verse. The Bible does not restrict women from teaching children. The only activity that we find in the Bible as it relates to women is that they are not to have authority over men. And this precludes women from serving as pastors over men. This does not make women less important by any means, but rather gives them a ministry focus, more in agreement with God's plan and his gifting of them both. We thank God today for you taking time to listen to our podcast and we pray that what we've shared as it relates to God's principles and his precedence and his priority and his structure is something that you can stand on uncompromisingly. Jesus says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I pray that you'll be free from any confusion and you'll be free from any pressure and you'll be free to stand firmly and proclaim what the word of God says concerning order in his church and his will concerning women and their role in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.